0: Can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.
1: I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey. To fulfill your family vision, welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, nurse practitioner and fertility coach. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out today's show notes. I have included a link for you to book a free 20 minute discovery call so we can sit down and discuss all you've been through and see where I can help you better navigate your infertility journey moving forward. Today we're gonna discuss bleeding in the first trimester, specifically after going through IVF treatment. First trimester uterine bleeding is actually a common occurrence in IVF pregnancies. I personally experienced it and it was horrifying. I was scared, I did not know what to do. My bleeding did end after a brief period of time. However, I also went on to have bleeding at 32 weeks of pregnancy, which landed me in a helicopter. And living away from home for four weeks. I was done working after that. I wasn't on bed rest. I was in the hospital for three days following that. And it was determined that my placenta ruptured, but it did end quickly. Baby was fine. I was fine. But due to living 120 miles from my OBGYN, I did have to remain living close to her for four weeks And was able to return home for two weeks of pregnancy before having our son. So this topic is near and dear to me. I see it so often in my patients and feel we need to talk about it more. Let's learn about why it happens and talk about the statistics of it. So it's reassuring to know that it has not been found, according to studies, to be associated with an increased risk of adverse outcome, meaning when we see bleeding in IVF pregnancies in particular, no studies have shown that that is leading to a greater risk of miscarriage. So we know that general statistics for vaginal bleeding in the first trimester occur in one-fourth of pregnancies, and half of those will lead to miscarriages. So when we're looking at IVF in particular, another study looked at 157 pregnancies, and all of these women went through IVF, and over a two-year period, they followed them until they actually delivered a baby. And all of these patients were advised to report any kind of bleeding, so small amounts, medium amounts, large amounts. If it took them to the ER, they had to report any bleeding, And what they found was 67% of those 157 women had bleeding. So you can see that this is a common occurrence that happens. Another study found that those who go through infertility are not at an increased risk for miscarriage in the first trimester compared to women who conceive naturally. So I wanted to include that just so you know that when you go through infertility and do become pregnant, you're not at a higher risk of going through this than those who conceive naturally. Let's look at some risk factors for miscarriage in your first trimester. So endocrine disorders such as thyroid disease or uncontrolled diabetes commonly leads to this. We know that a really common reason for miscarriages is the genetic aspect. There simply is a genetic tendency that's occurring with that baby and we miscarry There's immune reasons, such as lupus and other syndromes and diseases. There's infections, chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes, and other STDs can commonly lead to miscarriages. They can also lead to bleeding. We know that occupational chemical exposure, radiation exposure is a common cause, in addition to actual deformities of the uterus. Let's look at causes of actual bleeding during that first trimester. So, medications or things like the medication applicator touching the cervix, many of us have been on progesterone, I've been on it many times, that can irritate that cervix and in turn bleeding happens or the applicator that comes with it. If you have polyps or fibroids or other growth on the uterus or cervix, if they get irritated, they can cause bleeding. We also know implantation bleeding occurs and that is very common to see happen. Subchorionic hemorrhage or subchorionic hematomas can form. Those hematomas can be small or large, but hemorrhaging occurs when that placenta actually partially detaches from where it implanted inside the uterus, and we'll see bleeding happen with that. Irritation from things such as intercourse, really anything that touches that cervix, including sex or physical exams, or like we said, medications, can cause spotting or bleeding to occur. If you're carrying multiples, we know there's a greater chance of bleeding with that. Sometimes there's no explanation for it. It is unexplained bleeding, and worst case, we know that it is a sign of miscarriage. So what should you do? If you experience bleeding and your pregnancy at all, at any time, you need to reach out to your OBGYN right away. They oftentimes will obtain an ultrasound, they'll look at lab work, they will look at things such as your HCG levels, progesterone levels are often looked at. In addition, they'll look at your blood type. And if they see that you're Rh negative, then they often will arrange for what's called a Rogam shot to prevent your body from making antibodies against that baby. We know most people are Rh positive and do not need Rogam. If the bleeding's heavy, you need to go to your emergency room right away. Determining what is heavy is truly individualized. I once read someplace, a gynecologist said, one woman's spot is another woman's clot. And I really liked that analogy. What you determine is heavy may be different than what I determine is heavy. They say that soaking a thick menstrual pad every hour for more than two hours straight. However, if you have other associated symptoms with it, cramping, fevers, backache, things like that, you need to get to your emergency room right away. Remember that most times bleeding is okay and baby will end up being fine. It is important that you reach out to your OBGYN at any onset of bleeding and to just know that this is a common occurrence. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Make sure to hit subscribe so you can listen to Hopeful Hints every Tuesday with me, Tara Bradner, nurse practitioner turned fertility coach. Check out today's show notes for your freebie. And as always, make sure to get your one-on-one call with me scheduled and let me help you find peace when going through your infertility journey. Thank you for listening.
0: can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.